Well, thank you um, for letting me be here. It's exciting. I haven't, um, I, was talk, I was thinking about it today. I haven't actually been standing up front preaching here in a while. The last time was recorded, and the other time before that I was live streaming because I had just been put in quarantine. So it's been a little while, but it's good to be here. Last Sunday I was uh, biking uh, with Alex to raise money for Young Life. So did 25 miles, which that doesn't sound like a lot if you're a good biker, but for me, that, was a, that, was a, that wasn't easy. Um, but I made it. I'm alive, so that's good. <clears throat> um, there's, a, there's a verse we're going to look at today <clears throat> that I'm going to just say now that I want us to be thinking about as we think about everything that we talk about today, and it's this. It's from Psalm 90, and it simply says this, teach us to number our days correctly that we might gain a heart of wisdom. That's Psalm 90, verse 12. Teach us to number our days correctly that we might gain a heart of wisdom. I've been meditating on that and thinking about it a lot. Um, I don't know, like you guys, when uh, lockdown happened, um, my life went a little bit like this. Okay, uh, projects that I've always wanted to do, I'm going to work on those. Closets that have never been cleaned out, I'm going to clean those out. P.E. with Joe every morning. You know, we're up in the mornings and P.E. with Joe's coming on and we're exercising, right? Did anybody feel this way, do this? You started cleaning out stuff. And then you got sick of that, right? You're like, I'm done with Joe. Go away, Joe. <laughs> You have those mornings, you're like, you know, we started with five of us, we were down to four, by the, you know, a month later, where it's like one of us going, are we doing Joe? No, we're not doing Joe. Okay, Joe's done. We're out. And um, I cleaned out all the closets, as well as I clean out closets, you know, which is different from the way Bethann cleans out closets. It's a, it's a different system. <clears throat> and I did my projects, I repainted a fence, and then all of a sudden I was like, okay, what else? And it, then you get, you know, it's a roller coaster ride, and you go through this period of time where you're just a little bit like you're frustrated. You don't know how long this is going to last. You just want to be with people. If you're a physical touch person like me, you just want to hug people. It's the weirdest thing in the world to be like, you see somebody, you're like, hey, hey, I can't touch you. We were out on a walk one day, and I forgot all about it, and we saw somebody we hadn't seen in forever, and I just walked over and gave her a big hug. And she was like, uh, are we supposed to be doing this? I'm like, Oh, we're not. I'm sorry. Did anybody else do that? Accidentally give everybody a hug? Yes. Thank you. Everybody's nodding their head. We're in this together, people. Accidental hugs are happen. So you go through this, and then you get to a point where you're just a little bit like really quiet, alone with the Lord, and you kind of have this reflective moment of what is my life about? Right? What, you know what I'm saying? You don't, there's things that you're used to having that you're excited about, whether it's playing sports or watching sports, and all of a sudden no one's playing sports. Going to the cinema, one of my favorite things to do, and that's out. Things get taken away that bring you joy, being with friends, hugs, whatever else it is, and then you just get to this point where you go, what is my life about? What am I supposed to do next, right? Has anybody experienced this? Yes, I think we've all been in this place. 
And it can either put you in a position where you're really down, right? There's been so much stress and people feeling alone and down. And it can take you to a place you don't want to go. But it can also take you to a place where you really lean into God. And you say, without you, I don't have anything. Without you, my life really doesn't have a purpose, a direction, or a meaning. Right? And you really get to a place where you go, what is my life about? Lord, you add him into the equation and you say, what is my life about? Lord, what do you want me to be doing? What do you want me to be learning from this? What are you trying to teach me? What are you trying to shape in me in the midst of all this? And then this verse comes up, right? That says, teach us, Lord, teach us to number our days correctly that we might gain a heart of wisdom. So I sat under a tree in St. Albans in the park the other day, my favorite park, Verilaeum Park, gorgeous place. I was sitting there looking at the cathedral in the distance, and I brought a blanket, so I'm sitting under a big tree by myself with a big wide open space, and I started numbering my days. I started thinking about my days. I don't know if you guys have ever done this. By the way, you can Google your, uh, your days to just see how long you've been around. You can put your birthday into Google, and um, it will give you the information that you want. I just did this. It says, because you, you put your birthday in, that was 55 years. My birthday was 55 years, five months and two days ago. So that was 665 months ago, 2,892 weeks ago, 20,244 days ago that I was born. I've been around 20,244 days. That's a long time, people. You don't even want to get to the seconds. One billion, 749 million, 30,000 seconds and counting that I've been going. Try this later. It's kind of creepy. Um, so I started thinking about my days. What have I done with my 55 years, right? Well, one-third of my life has been in bed, right? Eight hours a day, one-third of your day you sleep, unless you sleep a little bit less or a little bit more. Which adds up to, you ready for this? It adds up to 6,747, the equivalent of 6,747 days I've been laying in bed. So that's why you need a good mattress, people. <laughs> you spend a lot of time on that bad boy. Don't be sleeping in one of those things. Go get a new mattress. That's a good investment. I don't own a mattress company. I just thought I would tell you that. Okay. <laughs> then I figured out, all the time that I've been in school or working, not including holidays and summer breaks, over one half of my life has I've either been asleep or in school or at work. About 60% of my life. That's a lot. Then I thought about some silly things, like if you, if you shower, which you should, by the way, <laughs> children, uh, every day, 30 minutes a day, you spend getting yourself ready. You know, people vary on that. Some people take quick showers. Some people, whoo, you know, they're in there for a long time. Me, I'm average of maybe 30 minutes a day. You know what that is? That's like, here it is. I wrote it down. 
421, the equivalent of 421 days just getting yourself ready for the day. That's a lot of time. And then, you know, you add in all the other things that you do. I thought about this. You know, young people, they average, this is a little sad, they average about five hours a day online watching TV or online looking at stuff. They, you ready? Young people average 20% of their life online. I'm a little less than that, but not gigantically less. That's just a lot of our time when we number it. And then you add in traveling, going on dates, playing with your kids, doing the laundry. I do it every now and then. It happens. Mowing the lawn, paying the bills, phone calls, emails, taking the dog on a walk, going to church, having a quiet time, praying, all the other things we do. It all adds up. And it all disappears quick, doesn't it? At the, at the end of the day, we realize that we only actually have, with all the other things that we're doing, a small amount of our time that we actually choose how we're going to use it, whether we're going to waste it or whether we're going to use it. Teach us to number our days correctly. See, this is important. Why? Because when you become a Christian... Uh, you become uh, his. You belong to him. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And this life that I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the one who loved me and gave himself up for me. What Paul is trying to tell us is once you become a Christian, it's not your life anymore. You, you become, instead of an owner, you become a steward a caretaker. This life belongs to him, and we take care of it. All the resources that we get from God, our money, our friends, our family, our homes, our possessions, and most importantly, the most important resource that we have, our time, now belong to him. And we are to take good care of it. This is why we number our days correctly, right? Because it's not our days anymore. They're his days, and we're supposed to take good care of them. And, and, and time, as you guys know, different than all the other resources we have, is limited. We have 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And by the way, it's the only resource that every single person has the exact same amount of. Everybody gets 24 hours a day. Seven days a week. No one, you've never gone to work and somebody said, yeah, I got an extra 12 hours this week. How did you get that? God just gave me an extra 12 hours. Just stretch the day out. Now that's happened in the Bible. He stretched the day out. And maybe that happens in your life on a regular basis. I don't know. There's a new movie called Tenet coming out, Christopher Nolan, and that's time inversion. So maybe they've figured out a way to do that. But as far as I know, we only get 24 hours. It's limited. We don't get extra. We don't get less. We get 24. Job 14, 5 says it this way as well, that man's days are numbered. Your God, you God, have decreed the number of his months and you have set a limit that he cannot pass. Not only do we get 24 hours a day, but we have a limited amount of time on this planet Earth. Right? The, the average, I looked this up, the average lifespan of a male in the United Kingdom. You guys want to know? Want to know what it is? 
John's like, no, I don't want to know. In the U, I'll tell you, in the U.S., it's 76 years for a man. In the U.K., it's 79.5. So I'm really glad I moved to the U.K. <laughs> I get three and a half extra years, people. Thank you. That's good. There's some other countries with even more, so if you feel like moving to gain a couple years, you can do that. Uh, for women, by the way, because I thought you might want to know, in the U.S., it's 81 years. In the U.K., it's 83. So you're still outliving us. I think it's because you cry more. I think that's what I've heard, but I don't know if that's true. But you get a few more years. But we have a limit, right? We, we celebrate when somebody gets a letter from the queen. We think that's so cool, they've turned 100. But we're reminded that that's the outlier, right? That's the unusual. Because... People living to 100 is offset by so many people who don't make it to 50 or 60 or 70. But there's a limit to our days. And then we won't be on this earth anymore. We'll be in heaven. We'll be with Jesus. So we have a, we have a certain amount of time here. Now, when you're young, you feel like, I'm young and I feel good and woo, and I'm, you know, I'm just going to live life. Right? It's true. My, my good friend, Sean, uh, his son, 18 years old, was just go off to uni this past week in America. And um, Sean called his wife because she was in the car with, with um, the son and said, hey, there's police around here. We don't do cameras in America. We just have cops sitting in their cars waiting to pull you over because they think that's way scarier. And it is. The hopes that people will slow down. And he said, hey, there's, you know, there's a lot of police activity. Be careful. She said, too late. We're getting pulled over as we speak. Their 18-year-old son was doing 90 in a 70. And I was like, what was he thinking? Sean's like, he wasn't thinking. He's 18. He thinks he's going to live forever. And he's just blazing down the highway, right? And it's hard to think about not being that way when you're young. But when you get a little older, a little creakier, when, you know, your, your ankle starts hurting, not just for a week, but for every day, and you're like, I can't do that anymore, you know, or whatever else it is, you realize it begins to creep into your heart and your soul that it's not the same. I'm getting older, getting grayer then life here on this planet Earth isn't forever, right? We start, we start experiencing that. But it's important to talk about this because also um, when you get older, for all the young people in here, it feels like, it's not true, but it feels like everything's going quicker, doesn't it, when you get older? It's like, I can remember when you're young, you're like, oh, I just can't wait to turn 16 in America so I can drive a car and then 18, and then I can do what I want and go off to university, and then I want to get married, and I want to have some kids, I'm going to get a job, and I'm going to work my way up the job, and you're just going so fast, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, it hits. You're like, slow down, don't you? You're like, I have been running and running and running because I want, you know, everything feels slow in the beginning, and then you hit about this middle point where all of a sudden it doesn't feel slow anymore and you're starting to enjoy it, and then you pass that middle point and all of a sudden it feels like 
you're on this downhill, and every day is flying by. And you're like, ah, I just want it to slow down. But here's the reality. It doesn't slow down. We can slow ourselves down, but there's still 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days in a year. And it keeps going. And as much as we'd love to slow it down, it doesn't. So, what do we do about this? How do we live our life in light of this? Well, we talked about this verse a minute ago. This Psalm 90 was written by Moses. I don't know if you guys know that. And this is the only Psalm of the 150 Psalms or songs that we have that was written by Moses. I thought that was pretty cool. Now, imagine Moses is writing this, and he has led the people out of Egypt, right? And they are in the desert. And they have, I mean, there's estimates, there's as many as two million people have followed Moses into the desert. Do you guys realize that? Two million. That's a lot of people. And he's writing this song to talk about how amazing God is, but also he's reminded in the midst of this psalm that, that God has um, shown his wrath. He, is, he has shown his, you know, his judgment towards the people who have decided not to trust him, to follow him, and they're wandering in the desert. And Moses is watching all of these people that he's led out into the desert not be able to go into the promised land, but die in the desert. They actually calculated over 40 years of wandering in the desert that Moses observed 100 deaths a day of his people on average. Death was very real to him. It was very present in their situation of wandering in the desert. Doesn't that feel a little bit like right now? I feel like I don't even want to computer on or watch TV because all I feel like they talk about is COVID, more cases, more people have died, more countries are quarantined that you can't go there. Get back as quick as you can. Wash your hands because it's all around us. And I'm like, this is how they felt when they were with Moses in the desert. It was like people are just dying and we're not getting anywhere. We're just stuck. Can you imagine? And in the midst of all that, in the midst of that, Moses writes this song. In verse 12, he simply says, teach us, O Lord, to number our days correctly. Important word. Number our days correctly that we might gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days correctly that we might gain a heart of wisdom. How do you take that on board? What do you do with that? Well, first of all, it's, it's looking at each day one at a time, right? It's going, all right, I've got today. And, and being aware of how much time you have to the next thing that, you, that God wants you to do. I'll, I'll give you an example. I can remember... Beth Ann and I just celebrated 24 years of marriage last week. Come on, yes! 
24 years of marriage. And I, I can remember, as I was thinking about this talk, um, being engaged. Now, Beth Ann and I only dated three months before we got engaged. And then we were engaged for about six months. And I remember when once we got engaged, I was counting down the days. Did you guys do this? When you were engaged, you knew exactly how many days for Beth Ann until the wedding, for me until the honeymoon. <laughs> the, the wedding ceremony was just a bump to get over, right? You just had to get through that day because then, then honeymoon, let's go, right? Complete different with Bethann. It was like it was all about the day and got to be perfect. And we, I can remember I had a list of to-dos that I had to think about, and I didn't want to think about any of them. I just wanted to get to the day. How do we just get there? But I knew exactly how many days. I had numbered the day. So I was very aware of the day we were going to get married. Right? That's numbering your days. That's thinking about it. And, I heard, and then I heard somebody do a talk on this a while back. And I love this image, this illustration. This guy was a granddad. And he, he was aware of his days as he was getting older. And so he did something really practical and I thought really clever. He uh, got to spend time every weekend with his grandkids. And so he kind of, he did a calculation of how many, if he, if he was going to live to be 83 years old, let's say, you know, the average for a man, he did a calculation from how many, how old he was then to how many days he had left. And he filled up a jar with marbles. And each marble represented a weekend that he had left to spend with his grandkids. And so what he would do is, to number his days, is every time weekend finished that he had with his grandkids, he would remove a marble from the container to remind him that's what he has left to be with his grandkids and his kids and his family. And then each time it would get a little bit lower, he would remember just how precious it is. That's numbering your days. That's thinking about it and paying attention to it and holding it precious because the days we have are precious. Right? Matthew um, 6.33, you guys probably know that verse by heart. It says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. As we're living our life and we're seeking to number our days, what we really are saying is we want to prioritize our life and our time to whatever it is that God wants us to do. We want to seek first the kingdom of God. In other words, when we wake up each day, what we want to say to God is, today is your day. It belongs to you, and, I, and what I want to do with today is what you want me to do with today. This is, this is part of the understanding and the ritual of numbering our days. It's saying to God, what do you want me to do? Today is yours. Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to say, Right? I can remember 20 years ago, 
asking those questions and God saying, I want you and Bethany to move to England. I was more scared than I could ever possibly imagine. Beth Ann wasn't scared because she'd grown up as a missionary kid overseas. She never expected to live in America. I fully expected to live in America. And now we're going to move to England. England. <laughs> Can't we move somewhere a little hotter? Right? Not too hot. Not Morocco hot. Maybe Greece hot. But this is where the Lord wanted us. And I'm so glad we're here. People ask me all the time, by the way, as an American, they hear my accent, and the first thing they go is, oh, do you like England? And they assume I'm going to say no. They're going to say, England, rain, why would you live here? But my response is, I love England. I think it's gorgeous. And they're like, you don't want to move back to America? And I'm like, no, I don't want to move back to America, especially right now. Who wants to move to America right now? Nobody, right? But it really is this. It's going, where do you want me to go? It's this, right? Who is it that I need to forgive right now? You see, God doesn't want you to live your days, your limited number of days, holding on to something that actually takes away from your life. He wants you to be free of the things that have hurt you and forgive those who've hurt you, right? If you say to God, by the way, whatever you want to do, he might tell you, guess what? I don't want you in this job anymore. I want you to quit and do something else. I can remember, I'll never forget, I was preaching at a church several years ago now in Hartford, and I preached a talk similar to this, and there was a guy in the room who, who uh, at the end of the talk came up to me and I said something similar to this and he said, you were speaking to me today. The Lord was speaking to me through you today and he quit his job. And he goes, best decision I've ever made because what he was doing, he knew wasn't helpful to his family and he left. It might mean moving to another country. It might mean Taking a risk and asking out the person you've always wanted to ask out. Andrew Carey was at our house the other day. You guys know Andrew and Robin got married? Well, several months before that, just so you know, we were sitting on a couch out there and Andrew was like, should I ask her out? And I'm like, yes, you need to ask her out today. And he did. And look what happened. Sometimes you just got to go for it. Do you guys have any big dreams that the Lord has given you in your life? Have you ever had any big dreams? I did a talk like this 15 years ago, and I remember writing down my big dreams. One was to run the London Marathon. And let me just tell you, that's not going to happen. That dream is gone. <laughs> it's dead. I don't know why I wrote that down. I hate to run. The only time I run is when I'm chased. That's it. Uh, I wrote down, I wanted to have a flat stomach. <laughs> I wrote that down 15 years ago. What do you think, people? <laughs> that dream, dream is barely alive. It's hanging in there by a thread. I used to, I used to have dreams like I want to go to all 50 U.S. states. 
or I want to travel, you know, to so many different countries around the world. I don't have those dreams anymore, by the way. So they're out the window. Mostly because I'm not sure I can got enough energy to accomplish them. But here's my dreams now. You ready? And these are dreams that I really believe the Lord's given me. One is this. I'm going to embarrass my kids. Here's my big dream is that my kids, my, my children will grow up to know and to love Jesus the rest of their days. That's a God dream right there, right? That, by the way, I have no doubt if you have children, you have the same dream, right? We all do. But it's not just a dream, it's something you put into action. It's how you live your life. It's what you prioritize in life and, and what you do about it. My other one, big one with Young Life, is that I get the chance to help introduce young people across the UK to Jesus. And I'm going to spend the rest of my days as I live in England helping to do that. That's why we had a discipleship camp a couple weeks ago with kids from Forest Town and Young Life. And they were meeting in this room and they were hearing and talking about Jesus and praying. It's a powerful time, right? And then we followed that with a camp called Bash for a whole bunch of kids to hear about Jesus. We had a whole bunch of kids come to that. It was amazing. I was talking to Jack this morning, 15 years ago, Jack and I went to Scotland for a Young Life camp, where he said yes to Jesus, 15 years ago. How cool is that? I mean, that's awesome. And that's what I want to do. That's my big dreams. And if I get a flat stomach out of it, great. Can be flat when I suck it in anyway, right? There's times I look in the mirror and I'm like, that's pretty good. <laughs> then I move on, have some ice cream, <laughs> get on with my day. But really, right, teach us to number our days correctly. It's really just this. It's every day waking up and saying, today God is your day. What do you want to do with it? Because he's got a way better plan than we do, right? He knows exactly where he wants you to go. He's got amazing things for you to do. And we're the ones that typically stand in the way of God using us powerfully. It's just being willing and ready to do whatever he wants us to do. Simple things. The other day, um, I, I had to buy some new fence because we've got some high winds. Several months ago, three of my panels just got obliterated because of the wind. Finally, this guy showed up to deliver them. And he's sitting there and he just starts talking to me because he's lost his job and now he's delivering fence panels. And he used to be the manager of a big business. And he's like, I lost it all because of COVID. And he's just sharing his life over fence panels. And we're just sitting there talking. And he's like, what do you do? And I was like, well, I'm a... I'm a reverend. And I, sometimes people go, okay, thanks, and they're off, you know. You're a reverend, i got to go. This guy was like, really? And he leaned in, and he stayed. Supposed to be delivering all these panels to all these other people. And he stayed, and he just chatted, and he talked. And at the end of it, and this guy's great big hulking guy, just sharing his heart with me because I don't normally share all this with people. I'm like, that's okay, just keep talking. 
And at the end, I just said, can I pray for you? And he was like, I would love that. So social distancing. I wanted to put my hand on the shoulder. I couldn't. I just put my hand in the air. I said, let me pray for you. And I just prayed for him that he would understand just how much God loves him. wants to use all of us all the time to love one another to change the world to love our kids our neighbors we have a limited amount of time we can choose to waste it or we can choose to give it away to say to God today whatever you want to do Teach us to number our days correctly that we might gain a heart that's wise. I don't know about you guys, but I want to enjoy every day. I want to soak it up. And I want God to use me so that at the end of my time, when he takes me to heaven, he will say to me, well done, good and faithful servant. You ran the race well. Don't we all want that? Let's pray. Thanks, God, for today, for the men and women who are here, the people who are listening online. God, our prayers that you would teach us to number our days correctly that you would teach us how precious each day is. You would teach us to be stewards of each day, that it's yours, they're not ours. You would teach us not to waste, waste our time, actually leverage what you've given us for others. Teach us to number our lives. Teach us to number our lives correctly that we might part that is wise. We love you, Lord, and we need you. In Jesus' name, amen.